said on page 21, I think this is, this is one of the most important chapters, not this, just in this book, but just in our life. I mean, there's, there's nothing more valuable than learning how to hear God's voice. I mean, we, we spent so much time in our life wondering what the right decision is, what the right choice is when, when, when it's available to us, if, if we're willing to, 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 Put the effort in and, and, and do the work. Let's go to, um, read our verse, uh, John chapter 10. And I said, this is, this and Psalms 91 are two things I encourage you to read every day. And, and, and John, uh, Chapter 10, verse 4. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but they will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on that. We've we, we done quite a bit of talking, you know, uh, uh, about that. But we've got to practice it. We've got to put it, put it into play, uh, especially about what we're going to, what we're going to talk about, some of the things we're going to talk about today. And spiritual deafness. I'm going to read these few paragraphs here to get us back where we were last week. When I disobey a known instruction from God, a specific word or an impression He has given personally to me, my disobedience births a season of partial or complete spiritual deafness. In short, I no longer can hear His voice like I used to. Now we talk about you know, how to prosper in hard times. How, how to, you know, in, in prospering in hard times, the book is focusing on finances. But you know, we have hard times with our family. We have hard times in the job. We have hard times with our health. So, so the, the the principle is the same. It works the same, no matter no matter uh, what the situation is. In contrast, every time I instantly obey an inner impression from the Lord, my ability to recognize His voice increases. There are several ways to speak, several ways the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And this is where we were last week. The number one way is, is His written word. This, this is God, this is God speaking to you in His written word. We talked about that one. He speaks through inner impressions, making you know what He's saying. And number three. He speaks through authorities placed over in your life. Uh, Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. He speaks through your mentors. All believers and all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, he's talking about mentors, in my opinion. He's talking about, you know, pastors, those kind of people that, 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 we, that we learn from and, and, and we grow from. And then number five, I want to show you some stuff here. Number five. He speaks through opportunity. For a great and effective door was open to me. That's, that's Paul talking. Now I've been, the last year, and I've said this before, I've been doing a lot of studying on, this Bible is, is divided into two, we call it the New Testament and the Old Testament. But it's really the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And so I've been doing a lot of studying on on covenant and and what it means, and, and you know the thought that 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 God 
cannot cannot lie. You know, if 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 Josh told me something that he was going to do, you know, I, I'd never give it another thought. There'd be no worry. There'd be no stress because I know him. We we he's my son, but we really good friends, and, and I and I can trust him. To, to, he, if he says it, then, then then he'll do it. But then why can't we relate that to God? If I ask you a question, the, 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 does God lie? Would anybody say yes? If I ask you, would God lie to you personally? You would say no. But then, but then when we when we when we read stuff like Philippians four nineteen, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. But if I don't believe that will happen to me, then in reality, in reality, I'm, this is this is big thought now. Then I'm saying, then God's lying because He said He would do that, and the only reason I doubt that is that I think He won't do it for me. Is that not right? I, I doubt it because I don't think He'll do it for me. Do I think he can do it? Yes. Have I heard people say he would do it for them? But but till it gets to be a reality where will he do it for Vic? Then until I can say yes to that, then in, in, in if you just want to lay it out flat, then I think God's word is not true in that matter in my life at this point. Am I am I saying that where we can understand that? See, doubt is saying God's word is not true. You know, and then Psalms, or Psalms thirty-seven twenty-five. You know, he says, he says, I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So, what do you say about the ones that may have unbelief because of unworthy, feeling unworthy? Mm-hmm. Is that is that the same? I think it stems from that. I think it stems from that that that, that uh, you know we know God can do it. And everybody would agree to that, mm-hmm. but because of what I've done and how I've lived and all of that, then then I have a hard time believing that it could that that, that could actually happen to me, you know. But when you understand covenant, God's made covenant with Abraham. And then reinforced it with 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 Noah, with with and with Jesus, saying, "Look, if I don't do what's written in these pages, I'll destroy myself." That's what he that's what he said in 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 Hebrews. You know, if I don't do this, I can't swear by any greater. I'm gonna swear by myself. Is what what God says. I'm gonna swear by myself. And if I don't do it, then I'll have to destroy myself. But. But what should our attitude be? Our attitude should be that this has to happen to me because God can't lie. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. That has to happen to me because God can't lie. See the difference? By His stripes I'm healed. That that has to happen to me because God can't lie. See? Then the question would be, how do I get from where I am to that happening? That's where the rubber meets the road. 
How do I get from where I am to making that happen for me? Because God cannot lie, so my needs have to be met. Alright? That's a finished issue. But now, I got to know how to get from where I am to get there. Now, Jesus said that He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, and I've learned in, in my 30-something years being saved, you just well be honest with God. We try not to be, you know, we, 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 we try to shuffle around the edges when He already knows. You know, and, and you need to talk to God just like, just like you would talk to me, your husband, your mate, or whatever. We ain't got to do all those D's and thou's and, you know, and, and you know, I go, I go to God and say, look, I'm sorry. I just can't believe this. I just, I, I just can't believe it. I just don't have enough in me right now to believe that could happen to me. That's the starting point, see. But, now you show me the steps I need to do for I can believe it. See, what, 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 do, what do I need to, how do I need to retrain me? What information do, do I, I need, God, that I can believe this? That I can see that happening to me? Do you see the difference? And that's what prayer is about. That's what Bible study is about. That's what church is about. Taking, being brutally honest with ourselves, taking inventory of where we're going. And we'll sit in a few minutes. You know, I've told you this many times, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy says we're supposed to be the head and not the tail. Above only and never. It says never. We're going to say it. Never beneath. I'm never supposed to be second best. I'm never supposed to be on the tail end. I'm never supposed to be the one holding on to the knot down there. That's not covenant. That's not God's best. Alright? But what more times than not, we get on that knot holding on and that point is when we start looking for help. When we can't go no further. But why not look for help when it first starts or before it ever starts? Why not begin to train ourselves up there where we don't have to get to that bottom <coughs> notch? Let me ask you this. How many of you got dogs? Hmm? Does a dog love a bone? Huh? Everybody agrees a dog loves a bone. Mm-hmm. Right, what if I told you that ain't true? What if I told you that a dog loves steak, but he settles for the bone? Hmm? That's true. You throw a bone out and you throw a steak out, which one's the dog going to eat? Hmm? He loves steak, but he settles for a bone. Are, are you following me? See? And that, that's us. See? We, we settle. We settle just when, just to get enough to relieve the pressure. Just to get enough to get our head back above the water, then, then, then we settle. We stop right there. Lord, if you can heal this heart condition, I'll live with the blood pressure. But he was settling. See? Instead of having the steak, we, we, we settling for the bone. We settling for just enough. But now, let me say this. And a fellow had told me this and it got my attention. When I settle for just enough, then that tells God I'm a very selfish person. All I want is God to meet. I just need enough for me and my family to get by. That makes you a very, very selfish person. Because the Bible says He wants to give you more than you need. Why? 
so she can help somebody else. When you tell me you want just enough to get by, you're telling me you're not interested in helping nobody else. See? So you automatically disqualified from, from the blessing of God because you're concerned about yourself. And he says what? Love your neighbor as yourself. See? Our concern, when we get our concern on other people, then, then God's obligated automatically to, 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 to meet our needs. So we, we have to learn to quit, to quit settling. When we look at, when we, whatever your situations are in life, you have to look at them and say, is, is, is this God's best? Is, is this God's best for me? And most time it's going to be no. Then our next question is, how, how do, how do I get there? Are you with me? And that's what this chapter is about, is, is learning, is learning to, to hear God's voice where we don't have have to settle. That we can have what we need and, and, and have more than enough to... to it's, it's about helping other people. That's what the, the whole thing the whole thing is about. Alright? Alright. Number six. He speaks through favor shown to us by others. We're going to hit these kind of quick and only get down to the bottom here. Number seven. He speaks through His creation. Now, I do want to say something about number eight. He speaks through pain. And this is another thing to, to get God's best we have to understand. He speaks through pain, but you have to always convince yourself that He's not the cause of that pain. God did not make you sick to teach you something. God did not cause that poverty or that problem in your life to teach you something. God don't teach like that. God don't teach like that. Now, He can take that situation and help you learn from it. Because if God's going to make you sick, let me ask you a question. Where's He going to get the sickness from? He's going to have to go borrow it from the devil because God ain't got it. And God and the devil ain't in cahoots. See? Anything that's not in this book that's happening in our life, we know where the source is. The thief comes but to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So anything in our life that's causing harm didn't come from God. So I don't want you to misunderstand what He's saying here. It comes from this natural environment and from the devil operating in our lives. That's where it came from. But when we make those bonehead decisions, then that's an a, a opportunity for God to teach us something, how not to end up there and how to better ourselves through that bone. We all made those bonehead decisions. We're going to make some more of them. Now, we're not immune to them. Isn't that? But when we make them, we can learn from them and, and we don't have to repeat them. So that's what he's talking about here. Now, I'll say this here when, when we're on the break. When the Bible talks about our suffering, what's he talking about? As a Christian, you see a lot in Paul's writing, he talks about this present suffering. Our suffering is resisting what the devil's trying to do. See, see, for instance, we, God said he wants us to have divine help. So we resist sickness. He wants us to live in prosperity, so we resist lack. And that causes our suffering. Where's that suffering? It's here. Because that voice, you ain't going to get that bill paid this time. They're going to come get your car. Oh, they're going to cut your lights off. Where are you going to see? Them thoughts are thoughts that we have to resist, that we have to push off, that we have to say, no, that's not my thought. God supplies all my needs. God said, I never see the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That mental fight, that is our suffering that the Bible talks about. See, it's not God made you sick or God did this. Now, he can help you and teach you in whatever it is. 
But He's not the root cause of it, see? See, our suffering is getting our thoughts and our faith in the right place. And if you ever tried that, <clears throat> it is a mental struggle. When, 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 when you got issues, <clears throat> getting that off of your mind is, is sometimes an all-night fight and an all-day fight, and it just continues, see? Until what? Until you change what you're thinking about. The only way you change, you can't change thoughts with thoughts. That's why the Bible always talks about speaking, 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 speaking. You can't change thoughts with thoughts. You have to change thoughts with words. Why? Because we created to, when we start talking, our mind goes in neutral for our, 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 our flesh to start see, hearing what we say. You try to think and talk, you can't do it. See? So that thought, that talking puts your thoughts to rest. See? And then faith comes how? By hearing. Hearing what? Hearing what's being said. Now, do what? So how does fear come? Same way. Because our fear is nothing but Adam's faith, right? The faith that Adam had in the beginning is what we call fear. That Adam's faith changed to fear. Fear comes the same way. By hearing the word of the devil and believing the word of the devil. The more you hear it, the more you believe it. See? And the more you convince yourself, see, and, and because it's the same process, because we are spiritual beings, see, and the process of faith and fear are the same. We either develop in one or the other all the time, see. So we have to remember that the only way you're gonna stop the, that that mind running crazy at night is to say something and begin then begin to think on what you say. See, begin to think on my God shall supply all my needs. Boy, that'd be nice if He done that. Man, if my needs were supplied, I, I wouldn't have to deal with this, this, this. See, change your thoughts. The Bible says what in, in, in Romans? Let's go to Romans 12 too. <clears throat> Romans 12 too. You know, it's something that we can try to, we can talk to other people and convince them, but can't talk ourselves into that kind of stuff. <clears throat> That's right. You're exactly right. We don't we don't use our own advice more times than not. You're, you're exactly right, Bob. It's easier though when to help somebody when they're going through it than when we're going through it. For some reason, we think it's different. It's more difficult. See, if if if, if I got a financial need, you got a financial need. In your mind, yours is always going to be worse than mine. I mean, that's just how how human nature thinks. You know, I got a headache. You got a headache. Well, you got to have, you got to have, yours is going to be migraine. Well, mine might not be mine. You know what I'm saying? We always try to one up. We one up. We one up the other one. Romans 12, 2. <clears throat> be not conformed to this world, <clears throat> but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So now, without going any further, if I don't change what I'm thinking, then I'm always going to be conformed to this world's results. Whatever the world can do is all I can ever have as long as I keep thinking like I'm thinking. That's what he's saying. I'm going to be conformed. I'm going to be put in their mold and only can rise to what they say I can rise to. But be ye transformed. Now that word transformed there means metamorphosis. Just like that cocoon. In that. So be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So if you want to be transformed out of your situation, 
then you got to get some new information. You got to begin to think something new, something different, and it'll change the way you think. It'll change the way you act, and it'll change the way you talk, and it'll for sure change all that pressure and stress inside of you. That's why you need to, as you, as you hear preachers preach, whether it be Sunday school preaching, TV, or other people talking, when you hear a vo- uh, a verse that speaks to you, you need to write that verse down, and, and and because you can read the Bible today, and that verse will say something, and then two or three years later you read it again, it may say something different to you. See, so you you need a few financial scriptures, you need a few healing scriptures, you need a few children's scriptures. I ain't talking about a big old long list. A few that speak to you, that you can relate to when you read it, and, and whatever translation it may be. See, because when 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 you hear it and it and you get that wow, then it speaks to you. And so you can develop in that verse and then faith to come faster to you that way. You need to have a little old list in, in, in your Bible, in those columns, just two or three verses of, of, of every category of life. So when you hit those problems, then you know exactly where to go and start studying. You know exactly what verses to start, start looking at to start, because it's all going to be a faith issue. Like, like the point we're trying to make this morning is, I don't believe it can happen to me. See, that, that doubt. I believe God can do this, but I just don't see how in the world He can do it for me. Or how He can do it at this time for me. Until we get past that, then He can never be able to do it. Because He can only do for us what we have faith to believe for. See, So we have to develop that faith to the point that we can see this happening to us. And then we'll be free of it forever. We won't never have to go back to it anymore. No good with that? Alright, number nine. He speaks in sentence form to your mind and spirit. Number 10, His audible voice. Alright. A sudden impression. And this is how 99% of the time, this is how God's going to talk to you. Just a nudge inside. You, You feel good about it. You feel bad about it. Do you have peace in here? You don't have peace in here. That, that majority of time, and we got to get real sensitive to, to, to that wrong feeling. You, you know when you do something wrong, you just, it gets empty. You know? You, you, you get that conviction. You know, you, you know it. So you need to develop that because that's more time than not. Because if, if, if he tells you, take care, you go down here and you do this, 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 and, and you're going to get this, this, and this, then it don't take any faith. She already knows the end. God's just going to give you just a little information. And then you got to act on that. And then you get a little more information. You're never going to know the whole picture your whole life. Because it takes no faith. If you know the whole picture, it, 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 it takes no faith to get there. It's always got to be by faith. So you got to act on that little information that you have. And when you act on it, then you get more information, more information, more. That's how it comes. It'll never be the whole, you'll never know what your destiny is. You can see it in, 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 as you develop that image inside of you. But he will never give you the path all the way through because then it takes no faith. Sudden impression. God often speaks to us in the most unspiritual of moments. Years ago, early on a Saturday morning, and I was preparing to walk out the door, 
the Holy Spirit spoke a one-sentence financial idea into my mind. His idea was so simple, easy, and obvious. I was agitated that I had not thought of it myself. I immediately began to implement his instructions, and in 10 days I had $17,000 cash in my hand. In addition to the immediate blessing, the lasting result for my decision to listen to the Holy Spirit continues to continues to bring residual income into my life. There was no angel. I saw no vision. I simply responded to an inner impression the Holy Spirit placed upon my mind. The difference between people, the difference between people during difficult financial seasons is the instructions they choose to follow. The law of listening is the golden bridge to the prosperous future God has desired for you. And, the, and like I said, that all it takes is, you know, if you look around you, everything you see, somebody had an idea. We read the scripture two or three weeks in a row, you know, about God gives us insight into weedy inventions in Proverbs. We, 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 we've seen that. You know, He has all you need. He has a million ways to, to, to get you debt free by lunch. You just need one of them. See? And you never know when that's going to come. You know, I, I, I think I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. Um, I used to do some work with, 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 with some folks out of Birmingham that, that do inventions. You know, you've probably seen it on, on TV commercial, you know. Anyway, they, 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 they just, this preacher friend of mine, and if I called his name, you would know him. Uh, he's been around this church several times. But anyway, how many of you have ever skinned a catfish? All right. You drive that nail through that board and you slap that catfish on there and you, you use something to hold him up to pull him down. Right? Huh? I never used a board. <laughs> you, you hold it by hand. You, you're good then. So anyway, anyway, it come up and, 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 and me and him was talking about it and I said, well, you, you need, you need to do something with this, with this idea. You can go to Walmart now, you can go to Bass Pro, you can go all these places where they got that cash fish, catfish skinner. And all that guy did was took what he uses every day and just put it out for everybody to buy. See how easy that, I mean, it, we walk by that stuff every day. Everywhere we look. I mean, who would have thought about you just drive a nail in a board because it ain't a nail. If you go to Walmart, it's, it's more, a little more sophisticated because you, people don't want to buy a nail in a board. You got to make it look prettier than that. But just that little concept, you know, and then bam, you got them all over the United States just because you had a nail in a board skin of catfish. But anything you look at, you think things that's unique to you every day that you do, you know, that, that needs to be put out on a, on a mass market. It's just one idea could, could, could change your destiny forever. And we have them all the time. We just don't pursue them. Isn't it? Alright. Page 25. If you won't practice your slingshot alone when nobody is watching, you will never kill Goliath when everybody else is. Alright. I heard a guy preach on this next chapter one time. The ant. God commands us to study insects. I'm quite certain if you check the bestseller list at the local bookstore, I would not find any financial books written on the subject of ants. 
Yet according to Proverbs 6, you'll go to Proverbs 6, we're going to read, read this while I'm talking. Yet according to Proverbs 6, they have much to teach us about the world of financial blessings, provision, and business. Solomon was the richest man who ever lived. People came from across the known world to sit at his feet and draw from his wisdom. Listen to this wise king's advice as recorded in the Hebrew scriptures in Proverbs 6. Go to Proverbs 6, verse 6. But He only has 6 through 8 here. I want, I want to read all the way through 11 here. Proverbs 6. Everybody there? Verse 6. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, nobody tell them what to do, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? When will thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, yet a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come on as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. Now the Bible has a lot to say about work. I want to show you this in the um, message Bible here. You lazy fool, look at an ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer it stores up food. At harvest it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty. Your permanent house guest. That's pretty straight up there, isn't it? <laughs> Alright, well, let's look, let's look at some things here then. The self-motivated ant. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Self-motivation is often the only difference between the prosperous and the poor. Like I've said before, these first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 28, the first 14 verses, at least once every couple of weeks, you need to read these first 14 verses because this, this is God's best for your life. This, when God sees you, this is what He sees. He sees these 14 verses here in there. And any time that your life is less than that, you can understand you're not living in God's best. Okay? And we're like yo-yos. We're going to get there. We're going to fall back. We're going to get there. We're going to fall back. Okay? So so just remember, this this is God's goals. When God God sees us as a finished product, when God sees us because of the blood covenant, this is how He sees us. And everything He does in our life, He's trying to get us from where we are to these 14 verses. See? That's what His whole goal is in our life. Because what does God want? God wants the people. God's will is that nobody goes to hell. See? And so He needs people that can help people. He needs people that are willing to help people. Whether it be with your time, with your money, with whatever it is. See? He needs us successful in our lives so He can help get more people in. That's all He wants is the people. He's willing to give us the stuff 
to get the people. I just want to show you a, a verse here, then a verse in chapter 30. Because everywhere you see here, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12. And the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give thee rain unto thy land in thy season, and to bless all the work of thy hand. Thou shalt lend to many nations, and shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head, and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath, if thou hearken to the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to do, and to observe them. So you see, first right here it says, what? God's going to bless you by the work of your hand. So if we ain't working, He ain't got nothing to bless. He ain't got nothing to multiply. See, what zero times anything is still what? Zero. zero. See? You got to expect it to bless what you... I'll go, go to 30 and then I'll, I'll make this point. Chapter 30. <coughs> In verse 9. Are we there? Verse 30, chapter 30, verse 9. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thy hand, in the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy cattle, the fruit of thy land, for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy father. See, so he will make plenteous through the work of your hand. Whatever you do every day, if you want... To do good in hard times, you have to do it with integrity. Now this is hard for me. Because doing it for integrity means if my job requires eight hours of work, then I must give eight hours of my best. I can't take, if I get 15 minute break, I can't take 20 minute break. I'm cheating that man that I'm working for. If I extend my lunch without permission, I'm cheating that man I'm working for. And God can't bless cheaters. We're supposed to be excellent in everything we do. We're supposed to achieve for excellence in everything we do. And we have to watch that because we get into this stuff. We're not doing it intentionally trying to be, but it don't matter. Spiritual law works whether it's intentional or not. See, To bless all the work of the hand means I have to do my best for this company or whatever the situation is every day, all day. That's my requirement if I want Him to bless everything I do. See? So then when I do that, then God sets us up for promotion. He sets us up for raises. He sets us up for all this because people recognize hard work. I'll tell you this, and if I called a guy's name, you, you would know it. Know him. He, he liked to got fired when he first started at Fort Rooker for working too hard. This is a true story. But true, true story. True story. They called him in the office twice and said, you've got to stop because you're making everybody else look bad. He finally ended up transferring around. He got a job right by himself. I don't know what he, he called it, but I can't remember what it was. So he works by himself now. He don't work with nobody else in there because nobody else is... But, but you can't live by their standard because if you talk to all those people that are sitting around reading the Dothan Eagle all day... All you're going to hear is what? Problem, 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 problem. That's all they do is sit around all day and recite their problems. Hmm? You don't need to be part of that anyway. Because that's going to drain on you and all you're going to do is start thinking about your problems. you got to separate yourself from that. 
But anyway, whatever your environment is, you got to do your best. We don't take shortcuts. We don't we don't do half ass stuff. We do it well and we do it right. See, that was my problem when I was young. I was bad at that. Now I can tell you the other week, I spent all my life now trying to fix all that that I done back then that I, that I didn't know better to do. But we, we do quality stuff. We do it with pride. We do it quality. We proud of what we do. See, and then that opens us up for God to be able to bless what we do. Because your paycheck should always go further than you would ever thought it would go. See, your washing machine should last longer than it's supposed to last. Your air conditioner lasts longer than it's supposed to. Why? Because the blessing rests on your life. Because of the integrity, you get that extension that if it wears out for five years, other people, yours may run ten years. Yours may do it longer than that. See, we, that's, that's called, we don't see that as blessing because we didn't incur any cost or any loss. But let that thing go out when it's supposed to, then it snaps our attention back, right? Ooh, the air conditioner's out in the house. $3,000. You know, or whatever it would be. Probably, we probably couldn't get it done for that nowadays. And, uh, huh? So, Bill, you, you see the thought, see? Because we do things God's way and do it with integrity, then our things last longer. And if you've got something that's breaking down all the time, then you need to talk to God and say, whoa, this is the curse. This is not prosperity. Now, now, why is this happening to me? I know we're having this deep conversation. I won't get into it by... About, about the weather lately, you know, and we talked about that last week. But you need to recognize the curse quick. When things are not like verses 1 through 14, hey, oh, that's the curse. What's going on here? That should be your first caution. Like, oh, what, what's happening here? This is not, not supposed to be. I have the ability to do better, be better than, than this. And then you start doing your inventory and you start talking to God and you start rearranging it and, and, and get it like it's supposed to be. Well, how do we do Different, yeah. How do we know the difference between okay, now is the time to, you know, in, in a vehicle sense, mm-hmm. you know, how do we know? Okay, it's time for me to, you know, get another vehicle to help bless somebody else that has uh-huh. a job selling those, right. or like the weather. Okay, farmers need the the rain. Mm-hmm. I don't need all this rain, but but you know, we got people praying for our farmers to have a good right. harvest. Uh-huh. How do we, you know? Decide the difference between that. What might be our curse might be somebody else's. That's right. Lesson. But I, I like to comment on that. Go ahead. So, anytime you, you give of yourself, and, and this was taught by a minister that I heard years ago, a lot of times when you you know provide benefit to somebody else, it's your sacrifice anyway, right? So, if you if you pull money out of your bank account. It's still a sacrifice to your bank account in order to get the tab gain for somebody else. And I kind of look at it the same way. Like, if Vic needs rain on his trees and, like, our yard flooding, you know, but it's not like washing away, I mean, it's still our sacrifice for his gain. That's kind of the way I, I get That's what helps me mm-hmm. to, to see that. That's right. That's right. But, but again, you just got to follow what I, what I feel here, you know. And, and, and also, also, you should always pray where you supposed to whatever you purchase, you know, washing dryer, car, tires. You should always pray to ask God where you should do it at. Because he's got a specific person somewhere that's believing God for something and he needs to tie us together. Don't just because you always went to Mr. Jones and then nothing wrong going to Mr. Jones. God may say go to Mr. Jones. But always give him the opportunity 
Because you don't know who's praying for what, who's believing what, who needs to be be connected. Give Him opportunity to help you bless. You're going to spend the money anyway. So give Him opportunity to help you bless somebody that, that's looking for it, that needs it. See? And, uh, was that the second bell? Y'all have a good week. Real quick, guys.